Hello, my name is Albert and in this episode of Movies, Movies and Movies, I've got reviews for Terminator Genesis and The Overnight. I have a Hulu movie streaming recommendation to share and I talk about the hypocrisy of movie reviewers. Terminator Genesis, directed by Alan Taylor, written by Leita Kalodgridis, Patrick Lucier, starring Jay Courtney, Emilia Clark, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and Jason Clark. I'll just come right out and say it. I did not hate this movie. In fact, I'd argue that it's enjoyable in all the right ways, and definitely better than Terminator 3 Rise of the Machines or Terminator Salvation. It's not without its problems, though, and a lot of it has to do with the convoluted story that it tries to juggle. Trying to make the time travel angle make sense for the story is one thing, but there are general issues with the plot. Of course, they try to distract you from these plot conveniences and leaps of logic by giving us almost non-stop entertaining action set piece after entertaining action set piece after entertaining action set piece. By the way, those action scenes are just fine. Nothing really that memorable, but at least not horrible and kind of fun. I like the Asian Robert Patrick as the T-1000, which still has a really cool liquid metal effect that I won't get tired of seeing. What's probably the biggest differences between the installment of the franchise compared to the much-revered first two films is that there isn't a lot of introspective dramatic downtime here. There is at least some pathos between the older T-800 Terminator and Sarah Connor, but that aspect is just briefly touched on. It was a nice touch though, but I'm sure there are many Terminator fans out there who might have an issue with it. Basically, this movie is mostly just action sequences, with some exposition scenes tossed in. And there are also scenes that were supposed to be clear callbacks to the other movies of the franchise. It's fan service if you're a fan enough to notice those fan service. The single thing that I can honestly say I absolutely loved is this new T-800 Terminator named Pops, as played by Arnold Schwarzenegger. He brings back the more human-like Terminator that was being introduced in Terminator 2 with some welcome moments of humor. Amelia Clark is fine as Sarah Connor, but she plays her like a teenager who just acts like she's tough and I never really bought her convictions. Jay Courtney and Jason Clark were simply just adequate enough for their generally underwritten characters, Kyle Reese and John Connor, respectively. Besides the action sequences of Terminator Genesis, this movie overall actually has a good amount of humor spread throughout that really lightens up the mood in a very welcome way. Gotta love those comedic beats. Feel free to count how many one-liners there are here as well. Although I don't know if there were some that were truly memorable. I'm just glad that I didn't find this movie horrible, like many people claim it is, because that means I actually had a fun, enjoyable time watching it. It's not necessarily a great movie, but I can't deny that I did like it. The Overnight, directed and written by Patrick Bryce, starring Adam Scott, Taylor Schilling, Jason Schwartzman, Judith Godrich. If you're looking for a low-budget indie movie that has a sense of humor that's weird, unnerving, and insightful, then this might be the movie for you. However, I felt like it pushed some boundaries and crosses some lines that are purposely meant to get a strong reaction from its audience. Without spoiling anything, some things in this movie may be things you wouldn't have wanted to see. Oh, I should mention that this movie is being labeled as a sex comedy, although I'm more inclined to label it as an awkwardly provocative film. It's a little artsy for your mainstream crowd, and there's enough nudity here to scare conservative people away. The promise of a couple that recently moved to Los Angeles that meets another couple who wants to befriend them and have some very interesting, philosophical, enlightening, existential conversations seems like a simple but arguably boring idea of a movie. It's easy to just wonder, how is this a movie? I was honestly a little bored during the first quarter of the movie and was only mildly interested in where it was going. Halfway through the film though, the story goes to bizarre places that made me really want to see how it ends. Actually, based on where I thought it was going, I wasn't sure if I actually did want to see how it ends. 
I at least thought that the payoff was oddly appropriate for this movie and I was kinda satisfied with it. For the things the characters do in this movie, especially the uncomfortable weird situations, it thankfully has a strong cast to pull it off. Adam Scott, Taylor Schilling, Jason Schwartzman, and Judith Goodrich are great in this. Each one of them had many moments to shine as actors, and there are things they do here that I won't be forgetting anytime soon. I like to talk about what those are, but you know, spoilers. The Overnight is definitely, definitely, definitely not a movie for everybody to see. While it does some brilliant things, it's honestly not that great of a movie. Although, it's at least an undeniably interesting experience, assuming you have an expansive open mind to take it all in. For my movie streaming recommendation, I'm recommending Comic-Con Episode 4, A Fan's Hope, which you can watch on Hulu. This is a documentary by director Morgan Spurlock that is like a love letter to the annual geek celebration that is the San Diego Comic-Con. This movie follows several different individuals that go to the event, from the aspiring comic book artist, the cosplayer, the nerdy romantic couple, to the veteran comic book store owner. Along with interviews with celebrities, creators, and your everyday normal fans, we get good varied perspectives on what this convention means to people. For those who've never been to the San Diego Comic Con before, this definitely gives them a nice taste of what it's like. Because the movie does jump back and forth from different people and segments, the documentary itself has a somewhat free-flowing but jarring pace to it and doesn't necessarily further elaborate on what you are watching. I suppose that's how it kinda is when going to Comic-Con, where everything is taken at face value without too much explanation to the many random experiences you might encounter. I enjoyed this movie, but I do have one general complaint. I wanted to see more. This documentary only covers maybe a quarter of what the full experience is when going to the San Diego Comic-Con. There is so much more to the event than what Morgan Spurlock was able to show here and hopefully you'll have your own opportunity to find out what else is missing here when you're actually able to go to the event. Oh, I'd like to mention that I actually saw myself in the movie, even if it's only just a quick second glance of me in the background. Comic-Con Episode 4, A Fan's Hope. Watch it on Hulu. One of the things that general moviegoers complain about movie critics is that they are hypocritical. Usually it's a case of, if the critic likes so-and-so movie, then why didn't they like so-and-so movie? They are practically the same. I admit that I myself had made this complaint and still do at times, which is kinda ironic because I consider myself to be a movie critic. The argument is not that simple though, because the argument is about objectivity. Here's the thing though, movie critics are only human, and humans are allowed to have subjectivity along with their objectivity. The balance between both aspects is important for a critic, but sometimes the movie simply caters directly more towards one of those things. Critics are allowed to complain about a movie objectively, as well as subjectively. Use one of the more recent examples of Jurassic World versus Terminator Genesis. Jurassic World has generally been loved all over by many movie critics, despite it having some glaring problems. Then we have Terminator Genesis, which has generally been hated on by many movie critics because of its glaring problems. So, both movies have huge issues, but one seems to be liked more than the other. Don't hold a situation like this against the movie critic. It's not really a hypocritical distinction between those two movies. This is when subjectivity can take precedence towards objectivity. One of those movies simply connected more with the critic. Maybe the movie critic simply had more enjoyment seeing Jurassic World over Terminator Genesis. It really could be that simple. Just remember, there is no such thing as being 100% objective when it comes to opinions. That's what movie critics tend to do, share their opinions. Factual analysis be damned. Thanks for listening. My name is Albert Patrick and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Albert5x5. 
You can send comments to whowhatwhereswhy at gmail.com via social media or through the website. Rate and subscribe to our shows on iTunes. Check out our merchandise store and further support us via Patreon. Music has been provided by The Y-Axis. Find them at theyaxis.bandcamp.com. Until next time, this has been an episode of Movies, Movies, and Movies, which is part of the Who, What, Where's, Why.com network. Music